Welcome to the podcast series Talking Success, connecting the global fintech community. I'm Stacey Jafta, and today I'll be chatting with Radhika Bachu, co-founder and CEO of Dovu. Dovu makes it easy for you to invest in global markets, allowing you to grow your wealth through investing in top-class ETFs worldwide. Radhika, we did it. <laughs> we did indeed. How have you been? How have you been? I've been really well, thank you. So uh, we have had a bit of a whirlwind of a week. We've uh, literally launched our digital product. And so it's just been learning, 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 firefighting. Um, so it's been <laughs> a great couple of weeks. Anything surprising that came up? Yeah. So we actually, um, so we launched a, a digital investment platform. And so it's been in production for quite some time, but we decided to take real life users who had never used the actual solution and get everyone wow. in the teams. So that's like the developers, the business team, the marketing team, all yeah. in one room. And we watched them go through the journey. And some of the things that we thought were intuitive mm. were not. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So it always goes. Yeah. And it was brilliant just seeing from like an outsider perspective, like, oh, wait, that doesn't make sense. So there were yeah. some surprises, but nothing major. Um, it's just small things that we can tweak very quickly. That's so exciting. Before we dive right in, I want to hear more about your career journey and essentially what led you to Boldovu. Yeah, no, sure thing. So I'm Kenyan born and raised, but I had the opportunity to study in London. Um, and then I decided to work there. Uh, so I joined Deloitte in their investment consulting mm -hmm. space, very much working with institutions and pension schemes, advising them on how to invest so they can grow their pot of gold they have today um, to pay out their liabilities or pensioners in the future. And then very quickly after four years, I realized my skill set was very much suited with people. So I moved over to BlackRock. BlackRock is the largest asset managers in uh, the world. And mm -hmm. over there, I was a relationship director, again, working with uh, institutional clients, pension schemes, and now investment platforms to really help people take the money they have today and make it work for them. Um, so at BlackRock, obviously, naturally brought the breath of the big beast to really solve unique problems for yeah. clients. And then my husband and I decided to move back to Kenya in 2019. And I was coming from a corporate background and I was just curious to understand from friends, you know, what do you do with your savings today on the African continent? Um, and a lot of them held their money as cash, which is a big problem because yeah. African countries have high rates of inflation, which means that if you're holding your money in a bank account, it's losing power, purchasing yeah. power. Yeah. So um, that sort of uh, sparked my curiosity. I've been doing this for so many years. Uh, so I decided to actually pursue and launch Dovu to provide the everyday African access to a tool that allows them to invest small amounts of money in local and global um, investments without having to leave the comfort of their home. What have you found to be a big factor with people shying away from investing in emerging markets? So I think one of the key factors is that um, like everywhere around the world, we unfortunately at school aren't taught life skills. Mm. So if the first challenge they face is that they just don't know where to get started and they lack education and advice. And of course, on the African continent, we're not as developed as the West, where you know you can read lots of blogs and things like that to really get started. So that lack of advice sort of puts people, uh, terrifies them a little, actually, because yeah. they don't know what they're investing in. And then secondly, 
there are some investment options available on the market, but you would physically have to go to see a fund manager, which can be super tedious because every African's getting busier by the yeah. day. And you'd have to wait two weeks to do KYC, open an account. So by mm. the time someone gets there, they're like, forget it. <laughs> and, then lastly, and then lastly, I what we found was that uh, you needed you need at least a minimum of $100 to get started mm. uh, in Kenya in particular. And that barrier is coming down. Um, and another thing is that the everyday Kenyan doesn't have access to global markets. So you need large amounts of money so you can engage with a private banker to actually get access to global markets. So we looked at these three challenges and really solved for that. And so we allow small amounts of, you can get started with a little bit of money, uh, our platform is a robo-advisor, so we're not necessarily just an execution-only. So an example of an execution-only platform is someone like Robinhood, yeah. uh, where you go in, you make your decisions um, all, on, all on your own, so you need to know how to invest. Yeah. Um, and there's a really interesting fact that 67% of retail investors lose money. Wow. Um, yeah, which is quite... which. Um, I kind of see the retail investing, especially when you're stock picking more mm, as gambling, mm, mm. because it is really hard to call if you think a company is going to be around for 10 years, for example. Uh, but, you know, some people are very comfortable taking that risk. And it's it's a completely fine market to also play in as long as you are aware of the risks. Yeah. We chose to go down the robo advisory route, which is very much passive investing. So we will ask you a bunch of questions to understand, uh, Stacey, what is your ability to take risk and what are your financial goals? And then using about these questions, these answers to the questions, actually, we tell you, okay, you are you fall between this risk profile. So it's either conservative or, or, or growth. Uh, and this is what you should hold if you wanted to achieve your financial goals. So we sort of help you get started and then you can start with a little amounts of money and you get access to both local and global investments. I find the world of investing so interesting. Over the last couple of years, I've been doing quite a bit of research. I um, I have a financial advisor now just because I just had no idea where to start. But those mm -hmm. that are struggling with knowing where to begin, what would you advise them to do? So I think... Um, it's really interesting you ask this question because one thing Africans love to do is educate themselves. Yeah. And I always say when it comes to investing, you actually, instead of paying for a course, you should just start engaging and playing with a bit of money. Mm. Not playing, but trying it out because you'll make mistakes and you start to understand um, how do investment markets work? How do capital markets work? And you'll learn as you go along. So of course, at first you'll make small mistakes, but thereafter you get very comfortable. Um, and one thing I guess we're tackling is that we actually help you get started. So if you came onto the platform and we told you, Stacey, you're an aggressive investor, you could say, okay, great. I'm going to give you a bit of money every single month and I want you to manage it for me. And I just want to make sure my money continues to grow. Mm. So we do all the heavy lifting for you. Okay. Uh, we have a yeah, we have a team that, you know, looks at the market and how it's changing. And we only invest using funds rather than stock picking, which means we bring down your risk overall mm. anyway. Um, so I think a, a great way to get started if you're a first time investor is maybe look at uh, funds, which are, are passive and find a provider that you can put in small amounts of money and see how it goes over two to three months. And then I'm sure some of these platforms actually also give you access to financial advisor, which we do as well. Um, and you can get started and really figure out how 
what's the right financial plan for you? Something that I learned very early on was the earlier you start, the better it is, especially when it comes to things like a retirement annuity. Just starting like five years later is you see the difference in it. And I've been urging my friends just to start. And even my younger sister who has her first job, I'm like, even if it's just like $50, just do it. Like, trust me, just start putting your money in now. And I think when you start showing people numbers and explaining what compound interest is and what that looks like. I think people just think of the word investing and assume you have to be rich. You have to have tons of money to even start, but it's really important just to understand what that even means. Exactly. And I think on that retirement fund, uh, especially if you're based in the States and in the UK, um, your company is giving you free money for your retirement. So if you're in a pension scheme, you must take advantage of all the highest contributions. So they'll tell you like you can contribute five, six, seven, eight percent of your pen uh, of your salary and we will match it, take full advantage of it because it's free money. Um, And you'll see very and because of compounding interest, you'll see very quickly that pension scheme part of yours grows exponentially. Um, So it's like free money. So I always say don't leave free money on the table. When you you hear the word investing, you think old people, men, you think of New York, (laughs) but that's not the case at all. And taking a look at your website, you've made investing just sound and look sexy. You have such great branding, which I think is so highly important for something like this. How did you find your brand and marketing strategy? Yeah. So for us, the key thing we wanted to do was not to deter everyone who is not familiar with investing. Uh, by having a super sophisticated, complex type platform. Mm. So we actually first uh, did an exercise where we looked at different types of investment platforms around the world and really went, had an objective of keeping things simple. Mm. And I think that, weirdly enough, I come from a finance background um, and so does my co-founder. We, despite trying to keep it super simple, now that we have users using the platform, we're even simplifying it further. Mm. So for us, the key thing was to look at what has been done before. Um, can we had focus groups? We uh, had people off the street come in and say, okay, does this make sense to you in terms of a user journey? Is there any financial terms here we've used that confuse you? How can we make this simpler? And so for us, the key was very much focused on making Africans more comfortable around investing by using very simple terms. Um, And one of the key things I learned actually whilst working at BlackRock was the simpler your story, the simpler you can explain an investment, the easier it is for you to get people to get started. So for us, the brand and the feel was very much around keeping it soft, playful, and super easy to understand. And weirdly enough, it goes against my personality. I'm a very type of person who likes straight lines and sophistication <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. this is a little bit more playful but it has worked in our local market and the brand's being received quite uh, warmly from the data that we're getting to date yeah it definitely is just so much less intimidating when you go onto the website it just it's almost like gamified you want to learn more you want to discover more um and it's not as as intimidating i would i would say um and another thing that we spoke about was that dovu is a tech led product how did you know it was the right time to move your tech from in house to out so actually um weirdly enough when we were uh ideating and trying to figure out what would be the best approach to uh, build our tech, we initially looked at using external parties to build our core system. Uh, 
And very quickly, we realized that because we're a startup and we haven't yet found product market fit, it is important for us to have the tech in-house so we can quickly, rapidly change direction if need be. So we have built to date our core solution in-house, but now we recognize the elements that we can actually outsource. So instead of building everything from scratch, even though the core is in-house and we can move quickly to change the user experience on the front end, managing the back end internally, we're still using third-party API integrations. uh, So we don't have to build from scratch. And the whole idea around that was, what do we need to do to have our core system in-house so it gives us the flexibility to change and pivot if need be? But what don't we need to do that is going to stay pretty standard? So these are things like our KYC. Mm. We're integrated to a third party. We don't need to build that in-house. It's cost-effective. And it's one part of the puzzle that we can actually, if we integrate it, would move quicker and yeah. it would increase our speed to market. So that was really the thinking behind it. And to be honest, we're very happy we built our core in-house. Um, even when it comes to fundraising with investors, they like the fact that we own our own tech and we're not reliant okay. on a third party. Um, and it really does give you an edge because now we're getting customer feedback and I can see how quickly our team is able to move to uh, adjust, uh, address or adjust anything on the platform and from a core sense. Um, and it, it just sets us apart in terms of moving to market. What was the moment you realized, okay, this is what needs to be outsourced? Was there a uh-huh moment? Was there anything that happened? Or, or what, what did that moment look like? Yeah, so I think um, as an entrepreneur, you're very ambitious and you're optimistic and you start building a product with a, a timeline in mind of when you want to go to market. And as soon as you start building the core, and I have a great CTO as a co-founder, um, Gianpaolo is his name, and he has 19 years of experience. So really brings the thinking around uh, the architecture of the platform and what it should look like. Um, as soon as you start building and you start tackling the initial uh, pieces of the puzzle, you could say, it was very apparent that we needed to take the path of least resistance. So we had, you know, several moving parts that we needed to build. Uh, we started building some of them. Some started taking longer than uh, we expected. And that's when the aha moment went where mm-hmm. we said, okay, it actually to build all this stuff does take a lot of time. Which, what is the path of least resistance, which won't affect our strategy of being able to have and make changes quickly to the core tech. And that was almost, I think, six months in. Um, and yeah, we very quickly were like, great, okay, now what are the APIs we can yeah. use to really expedite the speed? And I think when it comes to building a tech product, again, like I mentioned earlier, you have this assumption in your mind that is informed, but as soon as you put the product in people's hands, you learn so much more. So it's like everyone says, get your MVP out as quickly as possible mm. so you can start learning. And I think we we were able to do that in six months, which is That's incredible fantastic. in terms of time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wow. Um, a, a lot of hard work, sweat and tears. But um, the only thing for us, because we're a fintech and we're regulated, our tech was ready before our regulation came through, which okay. was uh, great because it gave us a bit of time to really go through the solution again and make sure it captures everything we envisioned. Um, but for us, it was funny because the tech was ready and normally it's vice versa. You're not yeah, ready yeah, yeah. to launch. <laughs> so it worked perfectly. How were you able to accomplish that so quickly? 
So, um, so going back to Gianpaolo, so he actually runs an academy of developers that he works with. So not only does he train them, but he comes with a team of developers. And oh, wow. because he's a co-founder, we were able to actually use not a, the developers weren't as expensive because they're still under training, but he had um, the key people guiding them on how to build it. Um, and now, of course, we we just roll on developers as and when we need. Of course, our tech build is quite high now because we have so much going mm. on, um, but it is still um, affordable in the sense that it's in-house. We're using pe- talent that we trust now uh, because GP's been training them. So it was just him being able to manage, yeah, the team. A couple of months ago, you were telling me how you joined Accelerator program as you felt you had a lack of knowledge when looking at the business from a 360 angle. I'm really curious to know more about what you learned from this program that many entrepreneurs may find helpful. Yes. So for me, um, as I mentioned, I came from a pure corporate background and I always look at taking a task on like, what is the quickest path for you to learn something and be able to apply it? I knew I wanted to start a business. So I grew up from a family of female entrepreneurs. My grandma started the business that my dad runs today in the 60s, which is very impressive. My mom had a tailoring business when we were growing up. So so almost like a side hustle. And I always knew I wanted to start a business. Um, So when we moved back in in 2019, it was the perfect opportunity. I I don't have kids. It was, Mm. if I was going to do it, I was going to do it now. But I did have a big lack of understanding, right? Um, Corporate teaches you really great skills, implementation, project management, but being an entrepreneur is completely different. And I needed to understand 360, how do you run a business and how do you make it successful? And how do you prioritize the key milestones that will get you to success? So I joined the uh, the accelerator program called Antler. And it's actually, um, they have lots of offices around the world, Berlin, Sweden, Australia, uh, Kenya. And it's basically a real life MBA where they take you through... Wow. How do you build a business all the way to how do you scale? And really, it's I mean, it's quite intense. Um, but you basically, whatever you learn in an MBA is now put in a uh, test very early on. So you're calling people, you're validating your ideas, validating supply, demand, really problem solving to say, and very quickly, in really quick, short feedback mm. loops, do you think this business is going to be a success? So for me, it was, again, thinking, okay, how do I quickly change my mindset to give this a, a full shot? And joining an accelerator program was, the, for me, the best thing I could have done because now I was able to take my domain expertise that I've learned from my corporate background and apply it correctly in um, the highest, uh, meaning you know, apply it correctly in order to be able to validate things very quickly so you're running a business the right way um and one key thing that people always feel when they start a business is that you need to get inventory so whether it's i don't know if you're running an e-commerce business you always think supply is the most important element and one key thing that really shocked me um was that when they gave us your training it was more about is there demand Mm. so you're working backwards which is counterintuitive if from everything we've learned in the world, right? So it's like first yeah. see, like, do people actually want this before you s- spend a whole lot yeah. of money building? Yeah. Um, and for me, that really hit hit home. And so it was a great experience. Was there anything you learned that you're like, everybody building a business needs to know this now? So I think 
it's about experimentation. Okay. You can't be married to your idea. Uh, something comes to mind, what is the easiest way to test it? And who is the best person uh, in your team to just execute? And the amount of feedback you get really sh- drives and shapes your strategy. Because going back to the fact that I was saying initially, it's all about assumptions, things you've learned in your historic mm. past. They don't necessarily work in certain markets. So what is the quickest way to actually just test it? So for example, we're currently now going to market with advertising um, and we can pay a big agency to do our advertising for us, or we can just engage with one and two or two influencers, uh, which the agency was going to do and get a baseline of, do we think this is a strategy that's going to work before we give them a big contract? Um, So that's what we're doing. It's about how do you quickly implement it? It doesn't have to be perfect. Try it, get feedback, and then make a, a better decision because now you have more data. Awesome. Radhika, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I loved having you on. No, thank you so much, Stacey. And yeah, uh, thanks for the great conversation. And I can't, I look forward to actually listening back. Awesome. Where's the best place for listeners to reach you? So you can reach me um, through our website, which is www.dovu, which is N-D-O-V-U.co. Um, and yeah, my email address is connected to the website. So uh, yeah, you can find me there. Awesome. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Talking Success, Connecting the Global Fintech Community. Feel free to follow us on LinkedIn at Talent in the Cloud. And if you're interested in exec talent, expanding your team, or you yourself are looking for a new, exciting change in your career, check out our website, talentinthecloud.io.